Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Let this last little group come in and we'll open up in prayer. All right, let's, let's bow our heads and open up in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come into your house and study your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, God, open our minds, not only to what your scriptures say, but to act as a call to action for each of us as we're watching events in this world. Sometimes uh, they look like they're getting worse by the second. And I pray, Lord, that you would just open our hearts to what you have to do in our lives and have us to do in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, welcome to Voyage to Revelation Part 4. Um, this will be the last week. And for those that are going to watch this online or are new here, week one, what I did is I, I kind of introduced you guys into the, the concept of making sure when you look at the end times scriptures, you look at them from a literal standpoint. You treat the same, you, you treat a verse in Revelation uh, the same way you treat John 3.16. You take it at face value. You take, the, you take it just as it is written. The other concept I kind of introduced you to was um, the following a golden rule. And you guys can look that up from that doctor. He's a really good guy for the, on the golden rule. That'll be in your week one. And in week two, I took you through the end time, starting from eternity and working all the way to the front so you guys would see hey, this is kind of making sense because each event kind of opened up to the next event. And we learned also in week two that no man knows the day or the hour. And that is, the, if you guys take anything from this class, that's what I want you guys to take from, is no one knows. No one can tell you dates, formulas, anything like that. And then in week three, what we looked at, uh, I kind of went a little bit more detail with each of those magnificent seven and I just want to say that there's no scripture that says it's called the Magnificent Seven. That's just what I call those seven events because what I want you to do is remember them. I, I threw a little, little tagline to them because I want that event, these events to kind of stick with you. So you guys, re, you remember, okay, that, that's one of the seven that Tom was talking about. And in week four, what we're going to do, and I told you last week, we're going to kind of take a quick little tour of the end times um, not in the detail I would like to go to, but enough detail for you guys to start on your own study with this. Every event that I am going to label in here, it's going to have a scripture behind it. So you know it's not Tom Frank 101. This is what the Bible has to say. And um, what I want you guys to do, and, and I've said this for the last four weeks, as you guys are doing this, this study, take this study not as something, oh, that was entertaining, and then put it away. What I want you guys to do is, I want, I want, my hope and prayer was to challenge you guys to respond to what's happening or what will happen in our coming days, weeks, or years. And I don't know where this is going to go, but that's one of the driving forces from behind me coming up in front of you guys is to, is to challenge you guys to say, hey, what, what would God want me to do in this moment? And that's the question that I want you all to, to ask God and, and yourself. 
Um, for summary, last week we did cover this, those, the seven events and we realized that there was a purpose behind them. That purpose was not only it's part of God's plan for the future, but it's also to challenge us to, to respond today. And the tagline I put under there is fasten your seatbelts. And I did that because for, for two reasons. Uh, the one, we don't know where this is going to go or how bad it's going to get. But some of the stuff, if you're new to this, there's going to be a lot of gory detail in, in this, these next slides. And, and if they give you anxiety, I, that's not my objective to this. That's not my goal. But what it does is it just, it just pronounces why we need to be so thankful that God has given us a way, right? So we don't have to deal with some of these, the, his wrath, not man's, what man introduces to the planet, but God's wrath. Uh, what we're going to do is cover a complete timeline. And this is, I'm going to start at the rapture and work all the way to the very end. A lot of those, there's going to be the seven events inside these next slides that will all sound familiar to you. Because those remember, there's the seven main capstones, the seven points, the, the main centerpieces. And the timeline will be listed not only in chronological order, but it'll have scriptures to it. There, there will be passages, some one verse, some several verses, and I even might have a chapter or two I want you guys to read. Uh, because, like I said, it's my, my whole passion behind this is my journey into Revelation starts your journey to Revelation. And, I, and, and I, like I said, I had a friend years ago introduce this to me, and it just changed everything. And it, it was a dry, this, the end times is a driving force for Jacob's ladder for me. It's, and and, and I, I'm going to plug it again because this is my last time up here, is I'm going to plug, if you guys have a heart for people, come to Jacob's ladder. We have a lot of people coming in that are court appointed and they're all looking for hope. They're all usually one or two steps away from going to jail or prison. And we don't want that. We don't, especially when they're coming through here and there's an opportunity. But enough, enough selfish plugging. So um, for review, and I lead up this whole timeline and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And here's the important, and then the end will come. And it's all we have to do the last... 10 years, 20 years, satellite technology, cell phones have taken the ability for us to, to, to not only learn about the Bible, but to teach others. You could find any sermon from almost any preacher somewhere on YouTube. You could even find an old sermon from Pastor Howard on YouTube. They're, they're out there. And I believe that's a lot of, it's going to play into what's going to bring this fulfillment to that verse. But for these seven in review, we have the rapture. We have the Gog-Magog invasion, Daniel's 70th week, the Great Tribulation, the second coming of Christ, the Millennial Kingdom, and then eternity. Week one, or excuse me, not week one, but point one is the rapture. And, and I found this picture of this newspaper heading, and can you imagine what the headlines will be when the rapture happens? Yeah. Aliens! Yeah. The aliens did it! And then you might have other religions of the world saying that they, it was their God who delivered us from all the heathens. You'll see stuff like that. And this one was actually taken from a, a, a website. If you guys want to write this down, a website that I go to a lot and I tell everybody about it is raptureready.com. 
If you don't know of that place, it is the largest uh, eschatology website on the planet. They, they are literally drawing in almost 300,000 hits by individual users a month. And they are, they're growing so fast because I've been following for 10 years and, they, and you can read some of the catalogs of, of sermons and lessons they have from almost everybody you can think of. And it's the, that's where I took that picture from. But raptureready.com, it not only gives you good Bible, um, Bible studies, but it gives you a current events page. So it is a, a place you can go to that, and uh, the, the guy who runs it, his name is Todd, he has people working for him that they comb the news that relates to these events that I'm going to talk about. And it's an excellent place to kind of see where, where kind of things are at. And when I first started looking at this, we were, I'd probably say you were lucky to get maybe a quarter of a page worth of information. And now there's sometimes a page and a half of information on there that relates to this. Uh, the rapture. And a lot of this stuff, you're going to recognize them for the last two weeks, but the rapture has happened, and the believers in Christ throughout history have gone to their eternal destination in New Jerusalem. You can read about that in John 14, 1 through 3. As a result, the Holy Spirit, who is sealed in the church, is no longer restraining evil, and the power of lawlessness envelops the earth. You can read about that in 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7. And here's one that I talked about out of Romans 11, 25, and 27. When that full number, it's unknown, no, we have no specification on it. When that number is reached, that's when the rapture happens. That's when we're seized out, and God says, I'm a, that's when my focus on Israel starts. And when you reach this, um, this event, after the rapture happens, that's when the world begins to change. And, and moving to uh, event Number two on this is the Gog-Magog invasion. And this map, uh, here's another excellent resource if you want to write this down, khouse.org. And khouse.org is Dr. Chuck Missler. He's no longer with us. He, he passed away. And, and I believe, in my opinion, he is the greatest end times teacher in, ever in, outside of the guys in the Bible. And, and he not only has traveled the world, but what makes Chuck Missler amazing is he served in the Pentagon as a military advisor. So he, he brings like different viewpoints that we would not as civilians maybe have access to or even understanding of. So Dr. Chuck Missler, he is another great resource. He has an entire study on the book of Daniel, an entire study on the book of Revelation, all, all 66 books, but for end times related, you can watch every one of them on YouTube and he goes into them at a depth that make, that'll literally make your head spin. He, he will break them down, not only the words he goes in, uh, you can spend hours and hours and hours looking at them. But this, this invasion, you see Magog, and that is Ru that's Russia, um, the, the southern, what the, uh, where the Great Wall of China, that na neighboring area would be, you have Gomer, which is the Danube Valley, which the Rhine Valley where Germany is located. And the Bible doesn't say that Germany's involved in it, but he says people from that area are going are to be involved in this invasion. Meshach, Tubal, and Togomar are Turkey. Persia, which we know is Iran. 
and Sheba and Dedan, which are the two lower ones that in Ezekiel 38, it, the, the verses say that Sheba and Dedan, they're watching the event. They're not involved in it, but they're wondering, hey, are you coming down to rip Israel off is what they ask. And then Cush, Libya, and Put, which Libya, we know is Libya, and Cush is Egypt, and then Put is, uh, boy, I forgot that one, is, it's Sudan, that neighboring area, it's all, you can uh, kind of look, take that map and then transpose it onto um, a modern day map. And the coalition led by supernatural leader known as Gog invades Israel. God personally intervenes. I told you guys, God gets so mad his anger shows up on his face. That's not good. That's the only place, one of the only places in the Bible you can find that actually where it says his anger, it, you, you know, he gets a mean grumpy face over it. His wrath is poured out on the invading armies and an earthquake strikes the entire planet and moves mountains. And you can read about this in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And with that, the world and Israel are aware that Bible prophecy is Bible reality and the rules have changed on earth on a permanent basis. And they've changed because Israel now recognizes they need God back in their, as a nation. And he says that from this day forward, everything Israel is involved with, God's going to be involved with them. So there's, there's a massive shift in the political um, landscapes. Daniel, or event number three is Daniel's 70th week, and that picture is the actual model of the temple that will be built. The, and I was telling you guys, the architecture plans are completed. There's scale models of it. The Temple Institute, you can do research on it. it they're ready to go. And, and the Bible actually gives full description, if you were an architect, how to build the temple. And that's what these guys did. And you can look through it and see how massive this is. And this is where people have always argued, well, where's the temple going to go? Where's the temple going to go? And that's kind of one, a lot of dispute in that. But due to the rescue from God... The nation of Israel acknowledges the Father and yearns to reinstate Old Covenant worship. A world leader arrives with the promise of peace and signs a seven-year covenant with Israel and sacrifices begin in that new third temple. And you can, Daniel chapter 9 is, is the focus point where you can read about a lot of this stuff. And when that happens, and it's not when the rapture happens, but when that, that covenant with the Antichrist is signed, that is when we enter Daniel's 70th week, which a lot of us call the tribulation period. And when that starts, when the tribulation starts, the seven seals are opened. And, this, and if you stop and think about this, this, that, that passage, when that, those seals are open, one quarter of the planet will perish during this, this time frame. They'll die from warfare, hyperinflation, starvation, earthquakes, and celestial events. And, and, that, and I'm going to use my favorite word, staggering, as you guys remember from last week. Is it, 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 is, it, it truly is staggering when that, when that happens. Is, and it's one quarter. Again, not Tom Frank's number. This is what the Bible tells us is going to happen. Moving and what the slide behind that, you guys see your notes, is an actual timeline of Daniel's 70 weeks. It gives you all the way from the, the, the decree of Xerxes all the way to the, the end of Daniel's 70th week, which is, as we know, when Christ reigns for a thousand years. And the, 
great thing. And you're like, well, how do you know this is a week? How do you know this? I don't understand that. Why is this? You say it's a week, but then you tell me it's years. Because if you notice on the very far right, Matthew 24, 21 says the great tribulation. We know from Jesus, from John and Daniel, that the great tribulation is going to last 42 months. So what we do is you know the 70th week breaks down into to what's half of, uh, or what's two times 42 months? Seven years. That's seven years. And we know that's when we know this because Jesus himself says these, the last 42 months will be the most terrible time of all of mankind. And you can read, there's scriptures in here. And this, I did not draw this map. This was something I found on the internet and there's pretty good resources on it. And I wanted to include it to you because Daniel's 70th week deserves an entire class all itself. We could have just studied that one topic, but I didn't. I wanted to look at everything as a whole just because there's a lot of this gets so deep and I don't want to uh, be a school teacher to where we're breaking out geography maps and history lessons. I didn't want to do that. Number four is the Great Tribulation. And this happens when the beast breaks his treaty with Israel, an event, as Christ calls it, the abomination of desolation and the worst three and a half years known to mankind begins. And after that, and there's no timing on this, but the two witnesses, and there's argument on who they are, and I'm not even going to speculate. I don't know. The Bible isn't clear on it. But when these two witnesses arrive, and they arrive in Jerusalem, they're invulnerable. They're given the power to stop the rain, turn the water into blood, and bring plagues on mankind. They'll burn people is what it says and you can read, and their ministry lasts for 42 months. And even though I didn't include it, when they're killed, and the whole world will celebrate. The whole world will celebrate because of all the torment and boils. And how would us in Kingman see something that happened in Jerusalem? The phones, the satellites, something that was 20 years ago impossible. And now... There'll be TikTok videos and Facebook posts galore of those guys that finally got killed. And and the the scriptures say there'll be a party thrown. They'll celebrate their death. The Antichrist, and this here is where I I draw my belief about the mark of the beast, is, is right here, is the Antichrist and the false prophet gained control over the world's financial, political, religious, and military systems to implement the mark of the beasts. And what's important to realize, and you can jot this one down, is in Revelation 13, verse 5, the, uh, the scripture says that the Antichrist is given the power to do this. Yeah. He's given the power to do this. And the, the beast, which is the, these last two beasts, which is the Antichrist and the false prophet, are uh, given permission to or God gets out of the way to to kill anybody who's following Christ and you can read on it there there is an untold amount of martyrs people that stand for Jesus during this time we got it easy (laughs) as as Americans we got it easy in our air conditioning and stuff but and I'm not poking fun at that but this here is another uh, it's an excellent reminder to us that what's coming to the people who want to stand for Christ and even to this day, there's nations in this world, and you guys watch some of the horrors in Afghanistan and, 
in the Middle East, you can see that stuff transpiring now. But at, when this happens, it'll be even at a greater level. And there's a scripture in Matthew that, I, um, and I, I can't remember, I want to say it's in Matthew 16 where it, it says that, uh, I think to Peter where he says, on this, you're going to be the rock that on this church I'm going to build it on and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And here is another reason why the church will not be here. Because at this point, hell's going to prevail against the church. The trumpet judgments. At the conclusion of the, and this we're at number 11, at the conclusion of the seven seals, the trumpets are blown. With the first four trumpets, one-third of all grass, one-third of the oceans turn to, or one-third of the, all grass and trees are burned, one-third of the oceans and seas turn to blood, one-third of the ships are destroyed. Can you imagine what that's going to do to the economy? There's like, I think, what, 90 ships off the coast of California, I think, that can't bring their product in. And I mean, and I'm watching, I work for, like I said, a car dealer, and I'm watching our car lot just get empty because we can't get cars and parts. And you're going to have one-third of every ship destroyed. And then one-third of the drinking water will be poisoned, and then one-third of the light on the earth is darkened. And I, some of the people that I have read, they speculated that volcanoes can do it, are going to be the cause of that. I don't know. The Bible isn't clear on it. When the fifth trumpet is sounded, a plague of locusts strike the earth, tormenting mankind and leaving, and this is scary, leaving them no way to die for five months. No way to die. Yeah, you think of that for a second and try to explain that. I mean, because there's probably going to be people trying to kill themselves, and, and, and no, ain't going to happen. Moving into the point 13 is the sixth trumpet is blown and with it an army of 200 million okay and you got to remember back in the seals we already had a quarter of the planet dying and now what's left of that this army of 200 million kills one-third of the people alive on the earth you can read that in revelation 9 1 through 19 and uh, moving on, and this is, I, I did, this was a verse, uh, a chapter that I'd never really copied. Oh, several years ago I did. But uh, a war breaks out in heaven right when the seventh trumpet is sounded and Satan is cast out. He begins to unleash his fury on the earth. And at the very end of Revelation 12, it says that woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It says because Satan is coming down and he's got a short time left. And he's... Yeah, he, and he's mad. He's going to be upset when this happens. The bowl judgments. As if what is going on isn't bad enough, look at listen what happens here. The first six bowl judgments, we're on point 15, are poured out on the earth as unbelievers are stricken with sores. Water on the earth turns to blood. Extreme heat comes from the sun and mankind is put into constant pain. Man, and I, I sat there and you guys, I've told you guys, my brain surgery, the, the pain, I had pain after that and I could not imagine constant and it's probably way worse. This is what's going to be happening. Anybody ever had pain from a surgery or pain from an accident? Yeah, or just pain from just getting older. It, it, you, you can just say, hey, man, it, the pain coming. And everybody's, yeah. And point 16 the final war begins in the Middle East, and, and this is 
this is a perfect use of the word staggering. The battle will result in so much death, a river of blood 180 miles long. That is four to six feet deep. And I, you can see the terrain, the terrain of the earth. And he's saying it's going to be four to six feet deep everywhere for 180 miles. Yeah. We don't want anybody we know during this. We don't. And this here should just, it's like, my gosh. Verse 17, or excuse me, point 17, an angel carrying the final bowl pours it on the planet as the greatest earthquake in history happens. All the mountains fall. All. All the islands disappear. And what's an island to you guys? Hawaii? Australia? I mean, technically, North America, I don't know. Bahamas, any of these islands. I mean, we don't know where, what this is, but we know there's going to be an earthquake that is so bad that besides the mountains, besides the islands, every city will crumble to the ground, it says. Every city. Where that, the extent of that is, I don't know. We don't know. And to top it all off, 45-pound hailstones <laughs> start pulverizing the planet. Yeah, and 45 pounds, basically imagine a 45-pound piece of ice just peppering the entire planet. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll rack up your car bills, won't it? Yeah, the dent repair is going to, someone's going to make a lot of money. Um, Mystery Babylon in the darkness, moving to point 18, the global religious and political an economic system known as Mystery Babylon is destroyed forever. Amen to that. The identity of this Mystery Babylon will be unknown until Daniel's 70th week. Revelation 17 and 18. And you can read on this. This is why I told you guys before. This, the mystery in there, if you break that word down, it says it's a secret not to be known until that time. So speculating about it. I, I don't recommend it because we won't know. But, I mean, we can kind of figure it out. We can kind of watch the world system and the world governments kind of forming before our eyes. And here is one that will perplex you. The sun and the moon quit giving off light. The sun and the moon, I mean, we know the moon reflects, so there's nothing going to be to reflect, so the sun is going to stop sh shining. And the celestial, the sky, the stars in the sky go dark. And then the celestial heavens shake as the world goes into complete darkness. Has anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon Caverns? Okay. When they turn those lights, and if you haven't been in there, Grand Canyon Caverns is about, I want to say, a, what is it, 1,000 feet down? Maybe a little more? Well, the elevator is like 200 or 300 feet. Okay, 300 feet, so excuse me. I was exaggerating a little bit, but it's 300 feet. But one of the things when they take you through the, um, through the caverns, they, they turn the light off down there. So it's complete darkness where you can't even see your hand this close to your face. And this is what Matthew 24, 29 tells us is going to happen. The world's going to go into complete darkness. That means no power, no sun, no lights, nothing. It's going to be complete darkness. And I put that black square up there because that's the representation of what it's going to be like. The second coming of Christ, point five, which we, we covered this last, last two weeks, 
Jesus Christ returns and he defeats the world's armies with the words of his mouth. <laughs> That's awesome. He just speaks it. And all of these armies gathered at Armageddon, gone. And I, and I did take a, a verse, a, a few verses out of here that describe what John saw out of Revelation 19, 12 through 13 and 16 out of the New Living Translation. It says, his eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. <laughs> That's awesome. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Yeah, amen to that. And that's, in that picture right there is the plains of Megiddo. What you're looking at. That is literally where every army in the planet is going to gather. And that skyline, then maybe a cloud formation just like that is where Jesus is going to come, come back on. And I thought I wanted to, I wanted to share that picture with you because it, it just shows you how wide open that is, how easy it is going to be to gather everybody there. Uh, Moving on at point 21 is, an, and this is what, I had to laugh at this. An angel captures Satan. Jesus doesn't even mess with Satan. He sends an angel to do it. Captures Satan, chains him up, and throws him into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. Christ and his disciples then judge the remnant of the 12 tribes of Israel. Those are the people who are alive, left on the earth after, the, after Daniel's 70th week. You can read about that in Matthew 19, 28. And then, uh, point 23, the surviving nations are gathered before Christ as everyone alive on earth is, at that time is judged by the Lord himself. That's Matthew 25, the sheep and goat judgment that was brought up three weeks ago. Number six, the millennial kingdom. The 1,000-year reign of Christ begins on earth, and for the first time ever, humanity will not have to deal with Satan or sin. Amen to that. And, and point 25, now that Christ has set up his kingdom, the earth and the planet is restored to the original condition before the fall of Adam. And I don't know how many of you knew this. I did not know this for a long time, and then I stumbled across this through one of my, the teachers. Um, and the other, which brings me to the other uh, uh, Bible teacher. He, he passed away as well. His name is Jack Kelly, and it's gracethroughfaith.com. He does a lot of end times Bible studies and he's uh, one of those world globe trotters who has traveled to, he does a really amazing study on the churches in, of Revelation and he visits them and then he kind of tells a story how he's there. and It's a, it's a really good write-up and it's gracethroughfaith.com is a really good place to go to. And then moving on and you're wondering, what is that picture? That picture right there, and I found this on the internet, is the earth we can see behind it, but it is a scale representation of what New Jerusalem is said to look like, or the shape of it. 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles, and I put cubed, we don't know, but you can kind of see how big our destination is going to be compared to the United States. And New Jerusalem, which is the home for all believers in Christ, comes down from heaven but it doesn't, it, the Bible never says it touches. It doesn't touch the earth. It just comes down. You can read about that, Revelation 21, verse 2. And with the sun and the moon no longer giving off life, light, excuse me, 
God's glory, which is found in New Jerusalem, provides light for the city and all the nations of the earth. All the nations of the earth, which, how? I don't know, but it's, is it orbit around? I don't know. But when I, I, when I see that, there's all types of uh, pictures you guys can find. They put, that, they put the, uh, the cube, or I've seen it as a pyramid, over different parts of the world so you can see the scale of it. Just how, many, how big it actually is and how many people are going to be able to fit in there. Life on earth during the millennium. Uh, starting at point 28. People on the earth will live to be hundreds of years old as long lifespans returns as God blesses all of humanity through everything they do. That's awesome. Isaiah 65, 20 through 24. And here's where it gets interesting. Uh, point 29. The Jewish people under Christ's reign will be required to celebrate three Levitical feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and the Tabernacles. They're going to be required to go there. And then in verse, or point 30, it says, The Gentiles all will be commanded to observe the Feast of Tabernacles and make the journey to the temple once in every year. Which, that raises a lot of questions to me. Because how is someone in the United States going to make the walk to Jerusalem? What, what if that earthquake, that big earthquake that happens, that moves every island, destroys every mountain, every city, shifts the planet? Shifts the continents. I don't know. Bible doesn't say anything about it. That's just Tom Frank speculating. Because it's just one of them things. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. And today is the Feast of Tabernacles. Ain't, that's awesome. I'm glad I got to, to, to actually teach this on this day. That's cool. Thanks for telling me that. That's pretty cool. The River of Life. Has anybody heard of the River of Life? Listen, that right there is the valley where that river is going to be. No one knows specifically, but it's, it's a beautiful picture. And I'm like, what a perfect place for that. The river of life will flow out from underneath God's temple in Jerusalem and have healing properties in its waters. Trees along the banks of this river will be used to heal men. You, you can read that, Ezekiel 47. I, I was telling you the... the the last five to ten chapters of Ezekiel and the last five to ten chapters of Isaiah are all about the millennium. And you can get a lot of crazy information in there. Revelation 22, 2 out of the New Living says, It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And, and other translations will tell you, and if you dig, Deeper in there, it'll be a brand new fruit every month off the same tree. <laughs> yeah. An apple tree one month, orange tree the next, and whatever other cool fruit maybe God's got for those people. The leaves will also be used for medicine to heal the nations. It's pretty amazing. And the final victory on point 32, after 1,000 years of perfect rule, perfect living, and perfect condition, Satan is released from his prison and deceives an uncountable number of people to rebel against God again. Satan and his armies are defeated and thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity. It's over. You can read that in Revelation 20, verse 7 through 10. And then point 33, an event known as the great white throne of judgment 
in which all the unsaved dead will stand before God at the completion of this judgment, death, hell, and all those who die without accepting Christ are thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity. And if there's a motivation for, for this class is to make sure no one we know has to do that. Amen? No one. Even, though, even that coworker you can't stand. It's, this is motivation to it. And in my last slide, and yes, that is the USS Enterprise. I had to do it. Christ's, Christ's 1,000 year reign finishes up after all of his enemies defeated. The kingdom of earth is handed back to God. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28. And the earth and heavens that we know of disappear forever as there is no place for them in eternity. And I close with this verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 out of the ERV. But as the scriptures say, no one has ever seen, no one has ever heard, no one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And, and for me, I put the enterprise up. To, and I know it's not the enterprise D, Pastor. I apologize. <laughs> That's, it's the enterprise off of a new, newer Star Trek show. I've, I've tried to imagine what eternity is going to be like. I know it's going to be amazing. And... and and I, I, and I don't know what it all entails, and, and I do make the jokes about going on the Starship Enterprise. I do, and, and, if, and if that is indeed the case, come find me, I'll need a helmsman. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll need someone else. I'm going to be the captain, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to, me and Jesus. We're going to cruise. But fat, at warp speed, yes, at warp speed. And... I want to thank all you guys that have come here for the last four weeks. It has been an honor to teach you guys, and I hope I not only opened your eyes to something the Bible had to say, but I challenged you, I, that you opened your heart to ask God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And that's why I entitled the class week four, So Now What? Because when you leave here, this is, I don't want this to end. This is when, find that. If, if you know God is asking you to do something and you keep coming up with 18 million excuses on why you don't want to, don't do that no more. Amen. We don't need that. And like I, like I said, I'm gonna, I said I wasn't going to shamelessly plug Jacob's Ladder again, but I'm going to. It's, there's places like Jacob's Ladder. There's church on the street my dad is a part of. There, it doesn't, you're like, well, okay, what, what else? What else can I do, Tom? Well, one of the things we can do, is, and, and I'm going to tell you a quick story, is uh, the night before my brain surgery, you know, I, a lot of you guys know I'm a, I'm a huge Rams fan, huge L.A. Rams fan. And does anybody know who Eric Dickerson is? Okay, Eric Dickerson, he was my favorite player growing up. Favorite player growing up. I thought he was the coolest guy because he played football and he wore glasses. So I thought he was the coolest guy ever as far as a football player goes. The night before my brain surgery, Eric Dickerson sent me a prayer video. Yeah, that was pure, pure God. And, and, I'll be, and, and to be honest with you, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, oh, no. But then, but then it turned out, it's like, no, you know what? This was God saying, hey, I, I, heard, I, heard your, I heard your cries. I heard it. And see, in that. Could just that that was Eric Dickerson, and if anybody does, you're like, really? I'm, I have I I saved the video, I show it to everybody I can because it, it, what it is, it, it's a real world application of being Christ-like to somebody. 
That was a guy I didn't know. I'm just a fan who liked his Facebook page. But it turned out I, met, I knew somebody who knew somebody who was close friends with Eric Dickerson. And when he heard my story, he's like, you know what? And he sent me a prayer from the Lakers game. And then he, we chatted a few days after about that. And that's, and that's if, if it's not in a ministry, it's just being a good human. Why we can be good humans. Amen. Amen. And like I always, my email is tefdesign at yahoo.com. I, I accept all questions, even if I don't know the answers to them. I'll help you find them or you can show me. And this entire study, I will, uh, and there's a few people already on the list, and I waited to email it off to people because I wanted to wait until it was all done and completely edited because there are some typos, and I try to correct those before I send them off. All you have to do is come find me here tonight at, at church, through Facebook, whatever. That's where I, I got a lot of my questions and comments to me over Facebook. And I will email you this entire study as well as any other material that I've had access to over these last 20 years. I, I will gladly share it with you. And with that, I want to open up for questions one more time. And if I can't answer them, forgive me, but... Right before the millennial reign. It's right before. Yeah, and what I wanted to do with that, and, and he's basically, hey, Tom, did you mess up? That's what he asked. And what, what I did with that is I wanted to show a little bit of why New Jerusalem is so important. Not only from the, the, how it lights everything up, but why it's going to light everything up. Because the, everything will be dark. That's, that's why it's a little... Mm-hmm. So it seems like you're having it do it twice. Well, yeah. You said there's no, yeah. there's no heaven and earth, there's no stars or moon. But then back here on uh, where it says that the heaven and earth disappear. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's already gone. And you, you have to realize that when the millennium starts, the earth is still here. It's just getting a, a renovation. It's an axe where you can read about it, how the planet is restored back to the original condition before Adam. And then moving forward with that, that is we see God start, everything gets taken out from on a permanent basis. Does that, does that make sense on Yeah, and I would gladly, I'd love to carry this with this, this whole topic with you, um, kind of do further study on it with you. Yeah. I'd love to. And, and anything, any of these topics, any of these questions that maybe I don't give a great answer to, I, I'll, I'll carry this with you. And, if I, and I, like I told you guys before, four weeks ago, I'm not infallible up here. I'm just trying to do the, give you guys a great starting point to learn, to learn about the end times. And... and if there's confusion, please, I will work through everything with you on that. Any other questions or comments, points, confusions? Nothing? Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up, and if we can just bow our heads. 
Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time, God, that you've given us. I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to open our eyes, God, to your future and to what you would have us do moving into that future. God, help us just be good people to one another. God, challenge us, and, and we just thank you for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming. I appreciate every one of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.